for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. This is the 10 o'clock hour of Rosie on the House. This is where we dive deep into one specific topic about your house, home, castle, or cabin. And just this year, we have started spending an entire month on a specific topic. We cover it in depth. Uh, we dive into the manufacturing, into the installer, into the maintenance. Uh, this month, though, there really is no manufacturer unless you consider the U.S. Mint Service your manufacturer because we're talking home finance. And we've got a great group of uh put together of local experts we've got randy hotchkiss of hotchkiss financials we have joella khan of tierra antigua realty and we have dave whitera of seal of approval home inspection if you want to talk about finding the right home or you need a second opinion from a home inspector a realtor or a finance guy this is a great opportunity to field your question at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight that's one triple eight rosie for you you can text questions to 411-923, or you can email info at rosieonthehouse.com. And even though all of our experts are Tucson-based, the content of this program and uh, home finance is pretty universal to anywhere there's a home. But if you are in the Tucson, Green Valley, Southern Arizona area, we also have great local experts there for you that can talk about local real estate. If you're looking to relocate locally in the town or you're looking to move into Tucson or maybe you've got an elderly parent somewhere uh, in the other parts, back Midwest, Florida, that you're trying to move closer to the home, you can talk to them uh, about finding that perfect home for uh, your elderly. Or maybe you are the elderly and you're trying to find a home to bring your kids closer to home to you to help you age in place but let's start where we always start if you get our weekly email newsletter our article in that uh that publication that gets emailed on wednesday you got to start with the money guy first so we're going to start with randy hotchkiss of hotchkiss financials welcome to the program sir good morning rosie or romy excuse me <clears throat> hey you are forgiven don't worry about it Randy, you've been, this is your second or third year now in uh, home finance. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how about 40 years? <laughs> and all local to Tucson? All over, all over the state of Arizona. And great addition to the Rosie on the House team. We appreciate you having you on the network and all that you do for Arizona homeowners over the last 40 years. What, what do we have to do to, to get started because we've got to know what kind of home we can afford before we go anywhere else. Exactly. What we recommend is that the buyer come in and be, the prospective buyer come in and be pre-qualified for the loan. And that's a, it's actually a full application process that we do when we pre-qualify somebody. So we order a credit report. We look at their income documentation. We look at their asset documentation, the money they have for down payment, et cetera. And we actually pre-qualify them. We do an automated underwriting system. And then if they're qualified, if we get a what we call an accept message from the automated underwriting, we issue a pre-qualification document. And with that document, their realtor can present the offer. And actually, in this day and age, all realtors present 
a pre-qualification document with the offer so that it's it's the the seller knows that it's a good deal okay for them so they can proceed that way and when we're looking at pre-qualifying a, a potential buyer we talked about credit report we talked what what are we looking for in the credit report well we deal with a system called fico and it's uh that FICO acronym is Fair Isaac Company, is what it stands for. FICO has evolved over the last few years. It's gotten a little bit easier now for people to be qualified with FICO because what FICO does now is it looks at the trend, the payment trend going back over several years versus current payment history. So FICO, I'm not a real big fan of FICO, I'll be honest with you, because it tends to eliminate some people that would otherwise qualify seasonal seasonal employees for example construction workers that don't work uh all year long maybe they work for two or three months and then they're off for a month and then those are called roofers roofers are contractors if if you were one of the people that had a leak from october's rain and you found out now that every roofer in the town is booked for five months and can't get to your home they'll be available at the next dry spell so uh, FICO is, you know, we have to we have to work with the rules that we have, that we have. So we're using FICO. It's a little more lenient now than it was as far as getting people qualified because they look at trend going back several years versus current twelve months. So you may have had a, a bit of a problem for a, a few months, but if you look at the trend several years back and and it looks okay, then we can get those done. So a FICO score, what it is, composite of three, uh, TransUnion, Equifax, and uh, what's Experian is the third one, and and they combine, they they merge the the reports or the credit history from those three bureaus and come up with a FICO score. And basically, FHA, we can go with a lower FICO score. With conventional, we need a little higher FICO score. So we we look at the FICO and we look at the income what, and we what, look at the assets. What benchmark number am I shooting for on my FICO score? Uh, I would we can go down under six on FHA, but around six twenty six forty would be a, a benchmark. And then once we're past that, we want to make sure that we're not getting financed uh, out out of our expected income. Obviously, uh, we all anticipate making more money in five years from now. Uh, but that's not what the calculation is based on. It's based on what you're earning today. What percentage of income to mortgage? I mean, is it, I've heard number, I've heard quite varying numbers and it seems like, well, opinions vary (laughs) is basically all it comes down to. Well, what that's changed, uh, Romy, that's changed a little bit in the last 12 months, actually. We used to have what we call a qualified mortgage, was what all of our investors want to see. And qualified mortgage had a back-end ratio of 43% max, back-end ratio being the mortgage debt plus all other debts added together. Because of some modifications to Dodd-Frank, we could talk about Dodd-Frank later if you want, but some modification to that, we are able to go up to around 50% back-end ratio now. So 50% of your total income your, your mortgage payment should not exceed 50% of your total income in today's marketplace. Okay. And we're, that's Dave Hotchkiss of Hotchkiss Financial. Once we get the financial approval from him and we've got a number to shoot for, we move to Joella Kahn of Tierra Antigua Realty. 
When I come to you with the price, Joella, what steps are we taking from this point forward on selecting the home? I know um, Tucson likes to call itself a small town, and it does have the small town feel. You got a 20-mile radius you're looking at here. There's a lot of real estate in that area. There is a lot of real estate. We're a big, small town. I've been here my whole life, so 47 years. So what I like to do with my buyers is they really don't know a price they want to spend on a house, but they know a payment they want. And from asking them what payment they're comfortable with, I can determine a price point. And once we have a price point, all the other factors that come into play be behind uh, what we can afford. The th three laws of real estate, location, location, location. Exactly. So um, it, 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 there's so much criteria that goes into it. What are their needs, their wants? Is school district a factor? Where they're working? And what kind of lifestyle they're looking for? Commute times, uh, property size, all these things factor into place and it, it we were talking last week just the turnover in homes you know I I could tell you as long as I've known my grandparents they've been in the same home since I was born there's no one else in our family that's been in the same home that amount of time there are two or three homes at this point Absolutely. I can tell you my mother and stepfather have been married 35 years and have moved 27 times. <laughs> so you're, they're your best customer. Right? I know. <laughs> so length of time that we're staying in the home is a big factor. Aging in place is becoming very popular if we're in a home and we don't want to move as we're aging. All the, how long does it take you from ideally from the point you have a new uh, home, a new family that's looking for a home, to selecting that one? So it depends on the price point. Right now in Tucson anyway, the one flying off the shelf is under $250,000. $250, so if you're looking at a home around 200000 you have to make a decision kind of quickly on that home because multiple offers are coming in. I listed a home last week as we were driving up to Phoenix for our NASCAR race. Um, and I had two full price offers in 12 hours on that house. And at that point, did the, then the buyers they get put into a bidding war between the realtors? or? Yeah, it's, it's a quick decision they have to make. If they've been looking for a while, they're comfortable doing that. But if they're first-time home buyers, first time out, you know, they feel pressured to do that. And that's the last thing we want them to feel. We want to make sure it's the perfect fit, it's meant to be, and that's the right home for them. And that is such a key point because pressure can lead to really bad decisions and feeling forced. And if we don't get this one, then we won't have the perfect one later, not knowing that, you know, really, in fact, the perfect one you haven't even found yet. Exactly. So avoiding that pressure decision. Um, but I, I understand if you're also in a bidding war and you're kind of worn down, this is the fifth home you've looked at and tried to make an offer on and you've been beat every time. Is there a way to put a lock on that so you can think about it for 12 hours or 24 hours? Or You really can. If, if you're going against other offers, you do have to make that decision. What I've seen with a lot of my buyers is the frustration of not finding the perfect resale house or being beat out of those homes, and they're looking at new builds, you know. Um, so that's an option as well. That way they can build exactly what they want from the ground up or buy a spec home that's already built and they can move right in. And then once we find that, we make an offer. 
And Dave Whitera comes out and gives us a horrible building inspection report. We'll talk about <laughs> what to do right after this. It's one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. If you want to join the conversation or have a question for our experts, we always wanted a big two-story house back when we lived in that little two-room shack. We wanted fame and fortune, and we'd live life the way the rich folks do. Yeah, that was until we got Dave Whitera's uh, home inspection report and says, this is a lemon you're looking at, partner. Hey, we try not to call them lemons or oranges or any other kind of fruit. We just like to call it for what it is. One of the things I'd like to point out real early on with people looking at homes, one of the items I observed countless times is when the prospective buyer shows up at the house with the realtor i always like to say it's a mad rush to grandma's everyone runs to the front door to get on the inside and what i would suggest to the client before he makes the rush to get inside the front door what take a step back and look at the elevation of the house and ask yourself just a couple questions real quick how does the house drain water? Does it look like it slopes away? Or does it appear that the water drains around the house? That's just a real common thing that occurs down here, but it kind of gives you a look at the forest before you jump into the trees on the inside. Everyone's all excited to look at all the good stuff in the stainless steel cabinet or stainless steel appliances on the inside, but take a moment and step back and take a quick look at the forest and see what you're looking at. One other thing I would also tell this the prospective buyers to have with them a flashlight shine some light into the dark corners of that house so you get a good look at the house don't have to be excessive in bringing a spotlight but a good 500 lumen a flashlight will bring lights to dark corners garages laundry rooms that aren't well lit and give you a good look at the house before you read my report and find out what I found <laughs> and you when whenever the home inspector sh shows up, I mean, we are all waiting on that, and um, it's it's a critical part in that home buying process because we need to know the condition of the home. Just because we have a bad report doesn't necessarily mean it's not a home we can't buy or afford or move into. Exactly, and I don't look at it as good or bad. I look at it as information that's valuable to the client so they can make an educated decision on, hey, is this something that they really want? Is this something they can handle, something they can afford? It brings a lot of issues to light that they get now a educated decision. So, because so much of this is emotional, and I'll I'll be honest, I'm the same way. Hey, I always think in buying a house and not getting divorced is a success. Uh, so I understand the whole emotional end of it. I like to think of myself as the discerning father looking at your boyfriend, and I'm going to tell you whether I'll let you date him or not. That's what I think a home inspection should be. I'm giving you information on this so that you can make a qualified, educated decision as opposed to just making the plain emotional one. And I'm in that part, too. I've bought a house without a home inspection, and I've kicked myself <laughs> ever since making that one mistake. I've never done it again. And just as a quick, what was the the problem I had, I had an artesian well in my crawl space that they would have found in a home inspection, but I didn't crawl under the house to see it. So be advised, get that person to crawl underneath your house and find the things that need to be found. And 
Is that what made you become a home inspector then? <laughs> no, I, I come from this at a completely different angle. I come from this from a, a um, finance. I spent 30 years with Bank of America, and I spent a lot of time in their ORO department or translation to our uh, listeners. Those are the foreclosed homes, and I did a lot of work with the IRS in explaining our positions on them and whether we were taking the appropriate write-downs so that when I, after 30 years of doing that, I went into the most natural thing again in looking at homes. It's the... the positive end without the negative end. I don't have a board to report to. Uh, they don't cry when I tell them they take write-downs, and the customers I have now appreciate the information and the feedback, and thank God I don't have to talk to the IRS every year. And home inspectors, not all home inspectors are created equally, just like every no. realtor or every finance uh, company. It's important that you get a good home inspector. It's amazingly easy industry to get started in a lot of guys are concerned about volume i got to get three houses done a day you know so i'm i've got to be moving every four hours to the next one or three hours um this is a the biggest financial decision most of us are going to make in our lives and you don't want somebody rushing this (laughs) no 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 you want to take your time and you want to get as much information as you can this is not something just to jump into the fire (laughs) because we all know you jump in you get burned so actually looking at that information important parts of a of a home inspection in the report itself is looking at all your major systems how old are they are uh, you going to need to be replacing them anytime soon? If you got a 20-year-old air conditioner system, and you know looking down the road that that's not going to last forever. Same thing with a 20-year-old hot water tank or a 20-year-old air handler. They're going to need services, and you need to be aware of that and be able to budget for that and not be surprised that all of a sudden something went out, your air compressor went out. And, again, that goes with uh, good home warranty services that you can provide to help out, but nonetheless that's good information that you should be aware and for first-time home buyers, we're moving into a situation where, you know, we've taken on a big financial responsibility. We've taken our next step into going out on our own. And, you know, you start thinking about, okay, a financer, a realtor, a home inspector, you know, this is just increasing my cost of moving in. I can find a home for sale just driving around. I can do a visual inspection. But when you work properly with these professionals – Getting into the home and making sure we're not making a bad decision can help keep you moving in the right direction and not stuck in the wrong direction in every single one of these industries. So in the situation where we get a good report and we move forward, fine. But, Joel, what happens now when Dave's report comes back and whatever it is that he found on the report that has made the buyer change their mind, what do you do now? Well, one quick thing I wanted to add before we got cut off there in the end. The first-time buyer, one recommendation I would love to make to first-time buyers is attend the home inspection and attach yourself to the home inspector. Go around with him. Learn how to access the electrical panel safely. Learn where all the shutoffs are. And this is especially important for the missus of the family. If the husband isn't home and there's an emergency where she needs to know where to access something, that inspection serves as a perfect example of doing that. That's a great advice. And a lot of people... um 
you know, like we talked about, not all home inspectors are made the same. A lot of guys like to work alone. And having somebody over their shoulder breathing down their neck asking questions can be irritating. But nah. you do have the right to do that as <laughs> the homeowner. And that is a great suggestion to uh, take advantage. You're paying that home inspector to be there. Get as much out of them while you can. You got that 100% right. Get all his knowledge out that you can. You're paying for it. You be there. Observe. Learn. And so then back to that situation where we find something that is a deal breaker in moving forward with this house. Joelle, where do we go back from there? Well, what I see the biggest issues are on a home inspection are going to be your roof and your HVAC system. It's the most high-dollar expense that you're going to have. So first-time home buyers will freak out on any home inspection because there's no perfect house. They're going to find items no matter what. I always tell my buyers, choose your battles, what's important. And sometimes my list is longer than their list, and we add those items to our requests for the seller to repair. If they are terrified and just want to cancel, we are protected in that 10-day inspection period. I'm actually writing inspection periods to be 14 days now in this market because roofers are behind, inspectors <laughs> are getting booked up. So we're, I'm trying to extend that for the buyers to make sure that they're getting all of their inspections done in that time frame. And that is true. Roofing contractors, they would rather go help a customer with a leaky roof and re do a whole new roof than go out on 50 different home inspection, uh, yeah. roof inspections for, for new home buyers. That's not really what uh, how they make their living. Well, and they do them for free for me, so they're not making any money to do it, you know. So <laughs> they push me to the back of the line. Yeah. I, and, and with the rain we've had, that is a long line. So that's great that you're able to extend that period of time. Um, but I would I would very to say, how often is a home broken by a home inspection? It usually just ends up price negotiation. There's very few situations where a home is in such a bad shape that, that it creates a deal breaker. I agree with that. Um, normally, we're asking for reasonable repairs or a credit from that seller, and we have been getting those without a problem. I think the number you're looking for, Romy, is uh, about 5% that I've seen over total over a year. The inspection, for whatever reason, they either can't agree on what the repairs are going to be or agree on a dollar price where they end up walking. But the majority of them, the realtors are very good about negotiating for the repairs so that everybody walks away happy. And that's what I tell my clients. They love to ask me that question, Uncle Dave, should I buy this house? And I say, I should have given you enough information to make an educated decision use your realtor to help you that's what they're there for to help you make this a happy decision because face it if you're not happy with the decision that you're making on the house you're not going to be happy in the house and home inspections don't necessarily have to apply to older homes we could have a new build that's still going to require a home inspection you still need Absolutely. to know what you're moving into and, and and that's a big plus for the new home buyer because they're excited they're getting a new home and when they go into that home they're expecting to see everything new and a home inspector can help you get that it's not that the, the builders are lax or anything but they have lots of controls and they have lots to oversee, and I look at this as simply a quality control check for them. I don't look to go after new home builders to make them look bad or anything else, but I think it is a, a nice quality control tech, a check for their subs. They get to know what's going on. 
And the items that we find, especially on the cosmetic end, which generally make most new home buyers a little edgy, you get those cosmetic issues fixed up for them, they're a much happier buyer. And Romy, can I jump in? Um, One thing that's important for new build buyers to know is get a realtor before you walk in that door to look at those pretty models. Because once you walk in that door without representation, you can no longer get it from a realtor. And remember that super nice person sitting there at the site sales works for the builder, not for you as a client. And the benefit of having a realtor there representing you? To negotiate on your behalf. People don't realize they can negotiate new builds. You can you know, beat them up on that lot premium and you can get educated on that process. Sometimes builders will not let a home inspector come in and look. Um, Some of them do, some of them don't. I just did a walkthrough with a new build this week, and that super didn't want me there to do the blue tape um, with my buyers. And my buyers said, absolutely, she's going to be here. And I I wasn't going to leave. So that's one thing that people need to know is that we are here to help you through that process with the new builds and the resales. Just as a follow-up to that, uh, Arizona state law says that a home inspector has a right, new build, old build, any build, to come out and inspect that property. If a builder tells you we don't allow home inspections, he needs to review Arizona state law. He can't legally keep you off there. He cannot legally keep us off there. And what what I tell buyers is that builder will warranty that home for one year, bumper to bumper is what I say. At 10 months, bring in your home inspector at 10 months before that 12-month warranty is up. Have your home inspector go through that home to make sure that they get everything that needs to be corrected before that year is up. And just as as an afterthought, this is, again, a numbers game. And if you look at the number of new homes that are sold, ask yourself this question. How many people at the end of one year go through the trouble of making up a list submitting it to the builder and having those things repaired. So oftentimes I've found I've done a house that's been built two or three years and it's old and I found issues on it, missing parts, whatnot, things that need to be completed. And it was simply that they didn't do their 12-month checklist and send it into the builder. They didn't notice it or too busy and passed it by. And then three years later, four years later, they're stuck making a repair that the builder could have picked up in that year inspection. So you're saying time happens. Time does happen. And it is so easy to just lose track. Like you said, we're busy. We're moving on. Uh, it's not important now. I can get to it later. I've got uh, a couple more months to get that done. And all of a sudden, we blink, and that couple months was three years ago. Three years ago, and the builder says, hey, we're good. <laughs> well, and one other thing, Romy, is these uh, new builds are offering, use our lender, and we'll give you all of these incentives. And it's, it's kind of a smokescreen, lights, and mirror game. You can certainly use your own lender and negotiate those options as well. Absolutely. And it's great to have these third-party specialists, whether it's Hotchkiss Financial or Joel's Realty or Dave's Home Inspection, because in this case, you've got somebody independent with your best interest in mind. That's that's what you're paying all of these people for is to keep your best interest 
foremost. When you're talking about new home builders that, hey, use our lender, well, they've picked that lender and there's something to that. And, you know, they're both incentivized to move the home. Not They're not necessarily incentivized or care about the best home for you. That's what the independents do. That's what the local guys do and why we have this Tucson trifecta on with us this Saturday because everyone needs to win. The builder needs to make a profit. You need a home. And you need a lender. And those can be a great combination if you do it right, or it can be a horrible combination if you go alone and don't have that third-party representation. Because during all of this, it's not like you can take off five months to go find the perfect house. you still got to work. Your kids still have to go to school. You still have life. Having somebody that does this for a living on your behalf, it's a very uh, – and if you still end up in a bad situation at the end of all that, you probably weren't listening to one of the three of them tell you the obvious. That's another good point that you bring up as far as being in charge of a new house. And a lot of our customers that come down here are coming from out of state and they're building these new homes. Uh, we also do face construction inspections so that when the rough has gone in, we'll go through and we'll inspect the house after the rough construction. And you're saying, well, what can I possibly find in a rough construction? You'd be amazed. Uh, the number of doors and windows and, that don't work or are not properly installed. Uh, twisted lumber. Gee, that'll make for a wavy wall later on, won't it? So it not only gives the customer a chance to see what's going on, but it also gives them a chance to find out what the quality is going on. Hey, he always aware of some issues. Now the contractor himself can make those repairs. And... It's so critical to get it right, and where we're going to end this conversation is where we started it, back with finance. Because if we get into the perfect first home, we're probably making a compromise. Uh, you know, we're not—we're in the beginning of our career. We're starting our family. We get into a home. Fast forward 10 years down the line, we're along in our career. We've increased our income. We've built up some equity, hopefully, and we can maybe now— move to that area that we wanted to originally, whether it's a, a zip code closer to where our parents grew up, where we're closer to home, uh, or for whatever the reason, we've got some equity, we have some options. Well, if you get into a bad situation and you're stuck, you, you know, you, you, we don't want to put ourselves in a position 10 years down the road. We've reversed the situation. So now what happens when we're ready to take that home and move to where we originally wanted to go to, our refinance options. Maybe we got lucky and we did end up in the perfect location that we wanted. We just need to expand the size of the home using that equity. Well, that's where our lender comes back into play and we'll complete this full circle. We also have a number of uh, callers on hold that we'll try and get through as well here at Rosie on the House with you every Saturday morning. Well, getting into that house is step one in what we've been talking about here this hour, the 10 o'clock hour of Rosie on the House with Randy Hotchkiss of Hotchkiss Financial, Joel Kahn, Tierra Antigua Realty, Dave uh, Waitera, Dave Waitera, a seal of approval. Uh, you recently changed it from seal of approval home inspection to seal of approval real estate services. Because that is actually how the name is titled, and 
that's how I wanted it all to be. We do home inspections through our real estate services, but we also do some other things. We do some consulting work and we do private inspections. So, Well, we appreciate all three of y'all's time here this Saturday morning. Uh, and <clears throat> wrapping it up, back to our finance side of things. Mr. Hotchkiss, to me, equity really just means options. <laughs> and we need options in life. We definitely need options in life. That's true. And if we've got a situation where we've uh, had a great realtor that got us into the home at the right price, uh, we've got a home inspector that helped us negotiate that price, and we've got 10 years down the road some equity in the home, and what, what are we looking at if we want to stay there in that home, but we need two more bedrooms? We, uh, we get that request quite often. People that have built up equity, they like the neighborhood they're in, and they would like to add on to their house. So we can do both call a cash-out refinance and provide the cash for them to do the improvements they want to do, and hopefully at a lower interest rate than they're sitting at now. So we get that request a lot. Another reason for cash-out refinance to pay for educational costs, to pay off other high, higher interest rate debt, Etc. or a combination of all of those. Home improvement, pay off other debt, incorporate higher interest rate uh, loans and a new mortgage. So we do quite a bit of that. And when we're looking at that, there's a lot of things that we get questions here at Rosie on the House. We always defer back to the lending experts because that's not anything we're, uh, <laughs> we're equipped to do is, is provide financial service. So we've got great uh, partners in the finance industry. But one thing people ask us uh, a lot is when we're looking at, uh, you know, we've got elderly parents that we're trying to make the decision whether to keep them in the home or if we're going to help them age in, in place and remodel the home or whether to bring them into their existing living area. And a lot of times, that is the route that we go. So we're looking at building a second home in the back of the property or you know, one of these tiny home construction type properties. Can you get a loan to build a guest house or do you have to add to the existing house? You can get a loan provided the zoning in your area will allow a guest house on the property. Um, one, one thing you touched on, Romy, about keeping elderly people in the home. We have the reverse mortgage loan product that maybe that's a subject for another session, but it's a good program for certain individuals. My mother, for example, she had a free and clear half a million dollar house, but she had limited monthly income. So we did a reverse mortgage, which provides her with around $1,800 $1, a month, improves her living standard. And... Um, so it's, it's a way for certain individuals to improve their lifestyle getting older and keep allow them to stay in their home. But uh, as far as building a guest house on the property, we do that if provided the zoning will uh, allow it. And we can get the equipment back there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that, that was an interesting example on the reverse loan. They do have a lot of uh, bad... Uh, you know, that, that's almost like a, a bad word to a lot of people because it 
that situation example you gave was a great example, but there are people that will get put in a reverse mortgage that that wasn't the right decision for them. And those are the stories we hear about more than the good stories. And no news reports on good news. That's true. And as I said, Romy, they're not designed for all people. They're designed for certain specific cases. The one I described is a good example where my mother needed additional income monthly. And uh, she had a house was free and clear, so she had all kinds of equity. Romy, they do get a bad rap, the reverse mortgages, but I have clients that it's been a really good tool for them to stay in their home and live comfortably or, or go on vacation because of the extra income, buy a RV, buy an income property. So it is a really good tool. But you, you, for the right people in the right, the right circumstances. Exactly. It's not something you look at as a retirement strategy. It's not a snap decision, <laughs> let's put it that way. No. And what I do, Romy, is I've told a lot of people that ask about them that I tell them that it's not for them. It doesn't work. It doesn't improve their situation at all. So it has to be specific uh, criteria that we do those with. Well, we appreciate everyone. I'm going to give you all just a few minutes to run around the table and give a little uh, – <clears throat> A little bit of information on how somebody would get started on this process by uh, starting with Mr. Randy Hotchkiss. Well, what I tell my realtor uh, customers or friends that uh, when they find a buyer that uh, they're working with is to get them in to see me to be pre-qualified right away. How do I get in to see you? You call me and I meet with you face to face. And what I do then is email an application package, preferably ahead of time. We get together and go over it. Uh, I do the automated underwriting. I do the pre-qualification, and then I get that to the back to the realtor. I have a lot of first-time homebuyers approach me directly without a realtor. And so then I can put them together with Joel at that point, which I will do when I have that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do that for him. Three, two, four, zero, 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 zero is the phone Correct. number to call. Three, two, four. Zero, 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 zero. And then Joelle? Yeah, I'm with Tierra Antigua Realty. You call me if you want to do move up buying, relocation, first time home buyers. I love. And I'm at 520 444 1072. And we get it all the time. We actually had a number of people call last hour. Uh, I cannot remember her name, but just moved here from Indiana. Uh, brand new to the state of Arizona, not only first-time home buyers, but first-time to Arizona. There's a lot to learn about the state, and having somebody that knows the real estate locally is huge. It is, it is, and I have relocation packages that I give my out-of-state buyers. I give them a little tour of the town as well. And then, uh, of course, our home inspector, Mr. Dave Whitero. Call set seal of approval. That's 520-881-SEAL or 7325. Join with our Tucson trifecta here, making sure we get you into the right home for you at the right cost with the right team of professionals, our Tucson trifecta. We'll see you all next Saturday. And until then, remember, be thankful for the ones beside you, the God above you, and the life before you.